All right, back here on the Sports Grind. Calvin Casey, Jonas Clark producing, spinning the one and twos. 877-37-GRIND is your number to participate. Um, okay, so the point I was going to get to before we uh, went to break about the uh, announcements, and Jonas put it up there in regards to uh, the helmet, the new Detroit helmet here. Um, like I said before the break, I like giving credit where credit's due. And, you know, we, we've had talks about the Cool Rush. We all know about the Cool Rush uniforms. And most teams a couple years ago, they they were uh, displaying those on Thursday night football nests. But this whole explosion and influx of teams coming up with alternate uniforms and whether they're throwbacks, whether they're this, first of all, this is the NFL is usually the trendsetter. They usually don't copycat, but make no mistake about it. This is all about what they've seen in the NBA. This is about money. This is about more type of jersey sales. You know, you got to get that one. I got to get that one. You know, uh, this is about little Tommy, JoJo, and Juan. You know what I'm saying? This is one of those situations. This is all about money, but keep in mind, this, don't let them fool you. This is a play from the NBA playbook. In the last, I would say, five to six years, there has been a major explosion in regards to teams. Because at first, it was about the throwbacks, like honoring. We all know those ugly-ass Bumblebee uniforms that Pittsburgh have. You know, um, years ago, Denver had theirs. Everybody team has to, oh, we got throw. Now we've gotten, we've gone from that, which that's still there, to now we're coming up with technically alternate helmets that we do. You saw the all white for the first time with the Bengals and the stripes. This is about money, man. The NFL is greedy as amongst greedy. Don't really have a problem with it because I love the shield and it's business. Big bank, tank, little bank. But let you know, this is not by mistake, and this isn't original. They saw all those jerseys that NBA, when they started having their, you know, Lil Spurs night, you know, uh, military edition uniforms. You go basically the Heat, you know, the Latin community, the the, the, the you know the ones they they saw this and they said, you know what, you know, I mean, this is NFLshop.com. This is in a guy's jersey. We, I mean, there you go. The only thing I think, well, one of the things that when we talk about merchandising that the NFL was the leader in and did come up with first and then no other sport can come close to duplicating it. Then when they said, hey, man, we got this girl that used to play on Who's the Boss. She has some clothing line she wants us to try out. Melissa Milano. When they hired Miss Melissa Milano, probably about, I don't know, this was like about what? 12 years ago, 13 years ago, maybe even longer around that time when they basically did that, it came out to a situation where she designed women's when she looked and said, hey, man, this is um, this is what I would like to wear. This is what women and she put that line on NFL skyrocket out there. And that's the reason why I always bring it up at least once or twice a year. The NFL runs circles around baseball NBA in regards to women that actually buy their merchandise, that go to the games and actually spend money. That's the reason why it's kind of one of those things when you look at the history and the domestic violence situation with the NFL players and the women's and the sexual harassment stuff. It's, it's the reason why some people think the NFL, you know, turns the other cheek in that way. 
and doesn't really say, oh, well, but then sometimes some people feel like you should come down with a hammer because you're like the female. It's not just about offending the women's group out there. You're offending and you're having a problem to try to keep your clientele. The women is I forgot what the percentages were, but it's it's a big deal. It's a big deal because we've gone from and, and, and also when you know me, I'm a trickle down effect person, a cause and effect. See, this is no longer the the, the the wife or the girlfriend that has to sit on a Sunday or Thursday or Sunday for six hours like they're going through a root canal because their man loves football and they got to pretend like, no, I believe what has caused this to be like this, to have them standalone women fans and women football. I see them all along my timeline. This has to do with basically the explosion also of fantasy football. Susie and, and, and the call center or the receptionist is in a fantasy football league. Susie that's working in the, in the nurse's office or the receptionist at the doctor's office, she's in a fantasy football league. And I think at that time has helped the women's side grow. But this whole Detroit Lions releasing their new type of helmet, we've had all this is all about merchandising and selling. Hell, I mean, the Titans are going to play with the Oilers. That oh, We've talked about this a few months ago, that oil rig. Well, some people believe that's the best uniform in NFL history. And the Houston area, it's still, I remember it's one of those hot commodities. When we went back, I think it was at the early, I would say, what was it, 2001, two? It was the throwback jersey era. Okay, and I think at that time, I remember that Oilers rig and anything Houston Oilers throwback was one of the hardest things that you could find to get, that oil rig. So Tennessee supposed to be wearing that this year. And shockingly, they're doing it in one of the Texans games. That's so messed up. They should still have intellectual property that I, I would have fought for that. Like, hey, man, you're going to leave the team. You're going to take the team. We keeping that intellectual property in Houston. They ain't going to even look. Sorry, Adam Longoria. That's going to look weird seeing Tennessee with the oil rig. I think they're doing it twice this year. But there you go. 877-37-GRIND. What else we got brewing on the NFL side and news and notes that I wanted to go ahead and touch on? Let's see here. Um Let's see here. I already talked about the gambling aspect. We'll just kind of monitor that. The only thing I wanted to bring out there today is that the NFL, from what I'm hearing, they're making a very conscious effort to really circle around and go at their coaches uh, and staff to educate them on, like, look, you can't be doing this. And again, you know, the whole getting Tom Brady to do a PSA video for gamblers and the rookie, like, look, no, they they had they knew this was going to be coming. I don't think that they are shocked that they've got players and they've got coaches or whatever that's getting busted with gambling or breaking their policy. I think they knew this once they got bed in with the sports betting, but I think they've done a piss poor job, in my opinion, that they had to have done a piss poor job and really sending out memos prior to this when this first went down, when the partnerships were released with DraftKings and books and all this. They just thought you would assume that they would know. That's not the case. And keep in mind, you know, <laughs> you've got pro golfers that are on tour in the past, whatever, that have basically lost. I mean, I told you all yesterday, there's, it's going to come out here soon. There is a player that's been reported losing of $8 million in gambling in the NFL. I told you, this is going to be the first probably predominant player. or Because that's either, the clues tell me that's a veteran 
And that's somebody that's making some big money. When you lose eight million, that's like. And the reason why I'll say that, look, you've got golfers that have lost twenty to thirty million dollars in gambling. Why? Because they're 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 addicted. They're a degenerate gambler. What would make you think that the difference is going to be with NFL players? You've got guys in the NFL from high school to college football. They've got gambling problems. Okay. And this is just something that I think the NFL kind of underestimated, but I am waiting to see because it's got to be a predominant player because that's the reason why the name ain't leaked yet. And this whole day and time, it has to be somebody significant. Look how quickly Calvin Ridley's name came out. And he was making 12, 13 million. I mean, he was in Atlanta's what, number two receiver? Really supposed to be drafted to be number one because Julio was on his way out. Julio was like the end of his career. So, but I'm talking about when you're talking about losing 8 million. You know, I've heard Barkley on interviews over the year. I mean, that's not shocking with Chuck. I mean, Chuck's probably, he's put the range. I would tell you that Chuck's probably lost, in his career, he's probably lost about 30 to $40 million in gambling. I know John Daly, Long John, PGA, for, you know, still on the tour, but former British Open champion, PGA championship. You know John Daly. Smoke about a pack, 18, a pack of 18 uh, holes, go through two packs of cigarettes to walk in 18 holes. I've heard his number. His number's around 50, 60. I don't even want to get the feel. So, again, there's a lot of these people getting, making this kind of money to feed, you know, they're the beast of what, they, what they're into doing. So, this is just one of these topics are not going to go away in the National Football League. But I think somebody, because I don't hear anybody else talking about this, really. All I hear them do is reporting that, oh, well, there's another player coming out. A player. Has anybody taken the NFL to task that they've done a piss poor job? When they decide to get that really letting their people know that this is something you kind of do. I guarantee you, that's the only reason why this stuff keeps leaking every day on these sites in the news or this and this or NFL. Because it's it's and to be honest with you, it's probably a little bit more worse behind the scenes than what they let out. They probably got a lot of different cases going on and they're trying to figure out, like, hey, man, we got to get a hold of this. But it's too late now. Genie's out the bottle. Because there's a hard it, it, it's look, it's a you don't think it's easy. For a corporation, a multi-billion dollar corporation in the NFL, don't think it's that easy when you got a group of employees, and this is what football players are and coaches. They're a group of employees where on one hand in your work policy, you're sitting there and pretty much saying, you can know you can't do this. But on the other hand, you're, you're in bed business-wise with it. It's a thin line. But again, it's not going anywhere. And you know why the NFL is willing to take these risks and deal with some of these? Like, well, we got to suspend you. We got to ban you. Because in my opinion, I've been talking about this for years, but I'll put it out there again. This whole decision decide to get in bed with the DraftKings of the world and the sports betting, this has a lot to do because what it does, it gives the NFL another war chest of money. And what does that war chest of money do? That allows you not to have to buy down to the major networks. What they want to charge you for basically covering your game, their games. Chess, not checkers, people. And that's just the reality. That's why they can't stop it. And honestly, that's why most, not just the NFL, that's why the NBA got involved. Look at it. I mean, baseball's involved, but you, and, and they, they're the one sport, because of the sock scandal back in the early 1900s, because of Pete Rose, they have it plastered, and they've been, and this is before Pete Rose. I mean, that's the reason why a lot of people so hard to say, no, he doesn't deserve, because it was right there in the locker room, on every locker room, that no, this is the cardinal sin. This is like in college, remember, they have the death penalty. 
what they gave to SMU and never have given it. There have been so many other violations in college. I think universities have deserved the death penalty, but they'll never do that again because a lot of people think SMU to this day still hasn't really totally recovered from that, which I think they've done a good job finally coming from the depths. But the point is, baseball has it in their Bible of don't do's, and it's in there, and they even got in bed with the books and the gambling. 877-37-GRIND. All right, what else we got going, shaking on in the sports news today? Uh, first off, I brought it up in the opening. Um, Serena Williams. Uh, well, first of all, before we get to Serena, college basketball, Penny Hardaway um, was uh, suspended three games. He's going to be suspended the first three games uh, for violations of uh, recruiting violations. Uh, he's the head coach of Memphis. I think I've been hearing about this investigation for a minute. I mean, this doesn't come to big news. I didn't know if they completed it, but I know that there were some rumblings and maybe some violations. Um, I haven't just full transparency. I haven't dived all the way into it in regards to what player, who they're talking about. But just before I even see all the facts, the truth of it is, is like I would like to see who this is involved. Because when you talk about three games – and they're in, in Memphis's uh, Memphis's Conference USA, right? Where's Memphis? No, my Memphis not Conference USA. Memphis is um, not Conference I think USA. Might be in some realignment. Let me double check here. No, no, they, they weren't even in Conference USA. I forgot that the conference they're in. But when you talk about three games, I mean, what is really three games? No, they're they're the Americans. So American. So there we go. So they're and, and they're not moving. And that's what I wanted yeah. to confirm. I always get American. I always get American conference mixed up with conference USA. I always do that. Football or basketball. Well, but in the now American, that's where UTSA is going. Right to the Americans. Right. I got you. Uh, but three games. I mean, I don't know. Is that is that harsh enough? Depending on who the recruit was, what are these violations? Uh, but he's going to be sitting out the first three games. Again, the uh, the Bob Huggins, we touched on that a little bit. The only thing I wanted to rehash that, and I kind of brought that up early in the show, was just the fact that, you know, I haven't heard anything yet, but it's going to be intriguing to who they get. I don't know if they'll hire within on West Virginia, but from what I'm hearing from the Jay Billis's of the world and everything, this is a pretty good roster for West Virginia and their recruiting class. So, and, and keep in mind, one of the things about this Bob Huggins and West Virginia situation, in my opinion, and this day and time, especially with the transfer portal, you got to scram. When you got a coach that you got to fire for whether it's domestic violence, whether it's DUIs, whether it's whatever, you got to act fast to keep those recruits of his recruits in the building before they start leaving out like a like a like a bat out of hell. You you've got to make the hire. You got to hurry up and recruit because when you have a coach, these kids that have committed to Bobby Huggins, that all of a sudden you go from like, hey, we're going to have a reduction salary, but he's going to be suspended for the. I think what was his like six games or five games? I think they gave him for just the uh, podcast uh, verbiage that he spewed, spewed out there, and then he gets the DUI, blows a two they had to just release his duty. But remember, they didn't fire him. They let him say, hey, well, he just resigned, stepped down. Like, okay. They've got 18, 19-year-old kids that's committed to Bobby. They're at Western Virginia. I mean, come on. This is Mountaineer country. No disrespect to people up there, but that ain't one of the hardest. That ain't one of the easiest places to recruit for basketball or football. So you've got to really be about the coach of the program or this is, you know, Mountaineer has been in my family. My dad went to West Virginia. My mother graduated from – you have to be one of those deals, okay? It's funny. Speaking of recruiting, I saw Dion. Because I follow him on social, social media, Coach Prime. 
he was doing an interview. <laughs> Somebody's asking, like, how do you because, you know, up in that area in Colorado, they're really intrigued about how quickly like just his recruiting class, I think, in the top. And we know about the 70 plus transfers. But, you know, they had he had a reporter ask him, like, hey, you know what? What do you think about this thing? Because, you know, the stigma has been the other coach. It's been so hard to recruit. You know, you think of the Pac-12. It's so hard to recruit up here with Colorado in there. And Deion just looking at him like, what? How? Hell, every time I look at my, you know, I take recruits with me, I look at my office, we look at, you got the mountains, you got this in the weather, like, what are you talking about how this is hard to recruit? No way. Selling it, man. The truth of it is, it has been hard to recruit to Colorado. I mean, because they've been horrible. But think about it. When you're trying to compete with Florida, you know, the SC schools, you know, the warm weather, and most of the kids are from Texas, the recruits to Louisiana. When you go down where really where the prime of the athletes are, it is takes a special type of coach or leadership to get kids that are 19 years old, 18 years old to go up to Colorado to play with Col- play in Colorado, you know. But Dion seemed like he's doing, but Dion's like, I ain't trying to hear all that. Look how beautiful this is, and that's just because it's the prime effect. We'll see. He said he's got two months to change this culture. He said two months. He's got to try to get to get it done. Eight seven seven. 3-7 Grind, you listen to the Sports Grind. Today's show is being presented by Dos Equis. Get a dose. We'll be back. Are you ready for a real cocktail? Then crack open a great tasting Zing Zang ready to drink cocktail, like our Bloody Mary with vodka in a can. It's full strength with 9% alcohol and America's number one Bloody Mary mix. Or try our mango margarita crafted with silver tequila and real mango puree. Unlike those hard seltzers, each can is made with premium spirits and real ingredients, just like a bartender made it for you. Zing Zang, always bold, always ready. Go to zingzang.com to find where to buy. Please Zing Zang responsibly. Official sponsor of the Sports Grind. For more than a century, the Pendleton Roundup has defined what it means to be a cowboy. It also gave life to something equally renowned, Pendleton Whiskey, capturing that unique spirit in every bottle and honoring the enduring legacy of the American West. Pendleton Whiskey is made with the finest northern grains and cut with Mount Hood Glacier water, a whiskey that celebrates the cowboy in all of us. That's Pendleton Whiskey. That's true Western tradition. Pendleton is the official whiskey of the PBR Tour. Pendleton Distillers, Lawrenceburg, Indiana. Please drink responsibly. Pendleton Whiskey, official sponsor. Are you moving around the greater San Antonio area? Choose the storage experts. Tiger Moving and Storage. Whether you're moving an office or the whole family, Tiger Moving and Storage offers container drop-off and delivery with efficient, prompt, and cost-effective service. To learn more and to secure your portable storage container today, go to ChooseTiger.com. Tiger Moving and Storage, official sponsor of the Sports Grind. All right, back here on the Sports Grind, Calvin Casey, Jonas Clark, producing, spinning the one and twos. Today's show was presented by Dosecki's Get a Dose. We've been broadcasting here from the Hazel Sky Online Studios. AC talked me into watching his that that damn sitcom Idol, I think it is, on Showtime or something with The Weeknd, and that's I don't even know that's Johnny Depp's daughter that he's dealing with. I watched one episode and I was like, oh. it didn't catch me like. Uh, yeah, it didn't catch me like um, Power or something like that Or some of those, but I'm going to give it at least one 
other episode. Talented brother, though. Talented guy. All right. Today's show was presented by Dos Equis. Like I said, we have been broadcasting here from the Hazel Sky Online Studios. And this last segment of the day is going to be sponsored by Zing Zang. Texas, Texas summers can get hot, as we know this, man. It's like they made this copy just for the right time of El Nino effect that Jonas cursed everybody with. But Texas summers can get hot, but now they're blazing with the new Zing Zang Blazing Bloody Mary mix. The latest addition to the Zing Zang lineup brings the same great, bold, and delicious taste that you already know. Only much hotter. Shake things up with Zing Zang Blazing Bloody Mary mix made with premium ingredients. That's crafted for a bold and savory taste. That is Zing Zang, official sponsor of the Sports Grind. And don't forget, make sure you Zing Zang responsible. All right. So, a couple things we'll uh, get to before we get out of here and call Hump Day a wrap. Um, tennis, you know, we're getting into, uh, it's the summer, so this is really the time for Wimbledon at the All Lawn uh, England Club, as they call it, Wimbledon. Um the reports has it that they have offered Serena a uh, exemption, basically called a wild card, okay, which is like an exemption. Um, I haven't heard anything whether she's accepted it, where she's going to decline it. Now, I know a few months ago, uh, I don't know who asked her, but she was asked about, you know, with the course, would you ever think about coming? She's like, no, I think I'm done, but I would never say never. Um, the reason why I'm bringing this up is because, um, look, I mean, I get why Wimbledon is doing this. And, and number two, I understand what the urge possibly could be, the itch for Serena to try to go back. Because technically, like, look, I don't know when's the last time she – I don't even know if she hits anymore, conditions or trains. But the enticement of being one away, I guess, from the all-time could maybe bring you back. But part of me feels like, look, we've seen it with – golf with tiger i mean it comes down to where i think wimbledon and also uh, the wta the women's uh side of you know professional tennis they've got a it's to the point where you got to try to move on and i think it's it's one of those that were to me you know when i looked at serena even her last run at the u.s open i mean again and i've said this too multiple times on this show over the years uh, for people that don't really pay attention to tennis, to don't care, to give two flips with tennis, or only know tennis because of Serena Venus. In tennis, unlike other sports, man, you are considered old at the end of your career by the time you get to like 30 to 31. Okay? Like your your peak years in tennis, especially if you're a female, your peak years in tennis are your early 20s to maybe mid-20s. Okay? Um, I think that, uh, you know, Jonas is telling me too, that now, uh, 43 old Venus Williams, she's gotten a wild card as well too. So they, uh, they offered Serena and Venus. Cause I think I, I thought it was Serena, but Venus is the one I thought it was Serena. They did too. I might've been mistaken. It's just really Venus, but regard, I think, well, I don't have a problem. This is Venus. I mean, Venus just played a warm up Wimbledon, uh, gig just like a week or two ago that got a victory on grass. So I thought it was actually Serena that they were giving, or trying to entice too. So maybe it's Venus. You put up Venus or is it both? I would assume it would be both because they might be trying to get them to doubles. But if you if you offer Venus, why wouldn't you offer Serena the same thing and entice her? So maybe I have to double check. But I swore I saw it was Serena. But anyway, we know confirmation Venus is the person that's going to do that. I don't have a problem with that. But if it's Serena, 
which I'll just for the sake of argument, if they do or they haven't for this segment, I would pretty much want to decline that because, again, I just feel that it's Venus. It's Venus. So it's not Serena. Okay, I was fitting to say I thought it was I thought I'd heard Serena. Venus, I don't have a problem with. I mean, because Venus has never really said she's done yet. She's retired. And I think, you know, Venus has been someone who I think has been. I mean, Serena almost lost her life with a blood clot, but. I think Venus has had a little bit more bad luck, in my opinion, uh, when it comes to injuries and stuff in her career. Uh, but I don't have a problem. Like I said, I just saw Venus play a warm-up in women a week or two ago. She beat somebody that she's way younger. I mean, she, it's, and it's hard to believe that they're 43, that she's 43, you know. Um, but that that's ancient in tennis. I mean, period. Your, your prime years in tennis is your early, I mean, your, you come in as your teens, but your early 20s, the mid 20s. I mean, by the time you get probably to 29 to third, but by the time you're 31, 32, you're, you're considered old and you, you played a lot. So, but no, I don't have a problem with being a Serena. I would say it's time to move. You got to let that chill. You got to let that chill. But so, but what is facts though? Serena was was asked a couple months ago about the possibilities. Of, Are you really done? And she said, "Well, I never say no. Most likely, I think I'm done." But and that sounded like to me that there was going to be a itch at some point for her to try to get back. But let me tell you something, man. You on that island in tennis, and when you're out in that court, there's a lot. That's a different type of conditioning. You know, um, you, you've got to. It, it's hard at that age to really come back and play competitive where you're talking professional tennis. So if that ever time ever comes, I think one, she would have to at least take probably a year or so to even get in condition to kind of ramp up to even if she tried to have a mini comeback or play Wimbledon one more last time or not. But I do not have a problem uh, with Venus doing that. Eight seven seven. Three seven grind. All right. Speaking of individual sports, uh, golf. Uh, I know I brought this up earlier on in the uh, first segment, but you know the tour uh, live along with the Saudis have been invited to a Senate hearing. This Senate hearing. Now I've been very consistent about this in general when it comes to politicians, Congress, Senate, whatever you want to say, Capitol Hill getting involved into sports situation sports i kind of felt this way with the steroid situation um i have felt this way when you know when we talked about college and you know some of the college ad's and presidents are asking the government to get involved to try to regulate this nil stuff i've spoken against that um i believe that in this particular situation due to the fact of the type of money that's involved and due to the fact of the party that is involved and the history, this is one of these that I would probably make an exception that I would probably want or probably would turn the other way if the government decides to really dive into this particular partnership. And, and really, if you look at it, I mean, when you look at all I mean, I know the PGA has told us, Mon, this is not a merger. Stop calling it that, okay? Then what is it supposed to be? But I know in most cases, when you have big mergers, whether it be, I don't know, Sprint and T-Mobile, which is one of the worst ones, by the way. I just, just, gosh. But when you got big mergers like that, normally you got to go 
on Capitol Hill for them to look at to see like, okay, is this fair or is this merger going to cause a monopoly? Okay, so normally when you talk about more mergers, big ones with big money involved, it's kind of like this is par for the course, no pun intended. But due to the fact that even if it wasn't, I think, you know, because of the parties involved, because of, you know, what they are perceived of. And again, I thought about this. Say, hey, man, Calvin, look, you don't want to be just casting judgment on everybody, just the Saudis in general, regardless if there's ties to this. Not every Saudi that maybe agrees with that or their government. Time. So necessarily, whoever these CEOs or whoever these glib guys are or on this board or who's representing, you don't want to go in there with a preconceived notion. But the reality of it is there's this cloud that's basically hanging over that part of the region and especially when you're talking about the Saudis and yes, the American does business with them, but the moral and the point of this segment is I don't have a problem with this. Normally I've got a problem with Capitol Hill and politicians wanting to get in and regulate sports. And that's why I had a problem with the athletic directors and the presidents that wanted to run and do a beeline, you know, to them about, Hey man, y'all got to come and help us with this NIL. It's out of nah, man. Don't do all that. We've got enough problems. We got other problems in this country, man. We got things shutting down at 9 o'clock on a Friday because nobody wants to work. You know, we've got, I mean, it's just, you. we've got other big issues, okay? And I just don't feel the politicians should be basically involved regulating sports. I think the people at power of hand can do that. If it, and especially that pissed me off with the whole college thing with the NIL. Because as far as I'm concerned, like, if y'all going to look into college NIL, I would tell them, hey, before y'all do that NIL, Go look at that uh, nonprofit organizations, the Tito's Bowl, and all them bowls that get to file under nonprofit. That's one of the biggest scams and heist and business of doing in this country. The fact that bowl games get to classify themselves as nonprofit organizations. Okay. Had me thinking one time, you know, sports crowd entertainment, this broadcast, I mean, I'm pretty much, I mean, I do a show, but I pretty much run a damn small broadcasting company. I feel like, you know what, maybe I need to see if I can class myself as public radio. You know, those public radio, you public radio, you just really don't deal with advertisers, you, you get exempt anyway, or just free, it's public radio. Let me see how that works. But... No, I usually have a problem with it, but not in this case. I think they do need to dig and dig and see what's going on. Now, in regards to that, the face of Liv, the first one to dive in the pool and, and take the bullets, Greg Norman. Um, now, this could be because I told you when we first were spending those three or four days talking about this and the merger when it kind of caught everybody off guard. I kind of said, you know, one of the stories that's going on the radar is the fact that they're just saying and telling everybody Greg Norman is not a part of this. And I kept saying, like, damn, that's cold blooded, man. I mean, like, damn, like this is a guy that's basically had this vision since the 90s. He found the right money, the right backing with the Saudis. And then all of a sudden, when this becomes a, a merge, a quote unquote merger between the PGA and Liv, they push Greg to the side. Well, sure, be, uh, sure behold, a few days later, it comes out that Greg Norman, an incident that happened a few years ago, because I saw the headlines, I was like, damn, Greg. When they said, you know, assault, whatever, not assault, but a minor, this and this or whatever, I start reading. Well, supposedly there was a party a few years back at Greg Norman's estate or his house where was uh, adults there and Greg was there. And supposedly uh, a couple young girls that were, I guess, parents of 
his daughters or whoever that was there. They were minors. Well, there was alcohol there and they got served alcohol. And then all of a sudden, you know, one young girl was basically underage and she was seen stumbling and she was according to reports. And, you know, basically this is something that's been an ongoing kind of investigation. And then now all of a sudden it's coming back to the light. And probably it's coming back to the light because somebody didn't pissed off like, yo, man, y'all y'all merging with the PGA. Screw y'all. You, you know, Greg Norman. So this is this is not an incident that just come, come, you know, happen. But it's flying in the radar because, you know, I don't know the details so much of it. But, you know, in a way and this is before me even casting judgment without knowing all the facts of what was there, what went down. This is all, you know, public information. But this is kind of stems from what he's being invested, accused of. And I know we're in different times now, uh, but, you know, it's always been known like if you're an adult and you got um, sons or daughters and, you know, let's say they're 17 years old, 18, 16, they're still living at the house. And, you know, you're just at home and there's a get together, family get together. You might say, OK, you know, let them sip a little bit, give them a little drink. And then all of a sudden, you know, if you're, you're underage and you're really not, you know, partaking and consuming alcohol it doesn't take that much for you to get tipsy if you're for one, you never really drink because you're underage or you're doing that. But the part that no one ever thinks about is if something happens, if somebody gets hurt at this party, if somebody gets, you know, something done or whatever. And all of a sudden now the adults there that's, you know, providing this alcohol, you've got people come looking for you. And I think this is the situation with Greg because the headlines when I saw that I was like, man, he assaulted a young girl. Like and nobody's really talking. This is just kind of like, but no, when you dug more, this is more about providing alcohol uh, to minors. Go ahead. Well, I mean, that's the part of it. But uh -huh. she, the, the, the girl who was a teenager at the time is claiming that she was sexually assaulted oh, wow. at the party. Well, um, you just dropped a bomb. I didn't know. I thought this was more of just on the lines of basically being provided alcohol to murder. But you're, she's claiming that there was, she was sexually assaulted. Yeah, not by Norman, but just okay. at the party. Okay. Um, but she's suing uh, Greg Norman and his wife because they hosted the party and they provided the alcohol, um, which, you know, her being underage consumed but she shouldn't have been in that allowed to have been in that environment anyway them being the adults them being the hosts of the party um are therefore uh according to this lawsuit uh they believe they're at fault for creating this environment how um how old is this young lady now i mean i mean because i'm assuming what so uh, she's unnamed Oh, she's John Doe 1. Uh, uh, Jane Doe. Jane Doe, I'm yeah. sorry. Mm -hmm. Well, these days in time, it could be John now. It could, was, could it was start off Jane Doe, but technically she's it could be John She's Doe. identifying as a woman in here, so it would be Jane Doe. Okay. That's a joke, Jonas. Golly, I can't say nothing. I had to shout out to Casey Wright. He said, hey, man, I got some Native American. I mean, they, he came to me about defense yesterday. He said, oh, you can say, you know, too many Indians, not enough cheese. So I'm not offended. I got Native American cheese, Jonas. You know, so again, I'm sorry, Jonas. Jane Doe one. So now she's of age. She's older, but this took place because all I know this it is was something. Twenty twenty one. I don't. Which we, we don't. Right. We don't know her age. Um, we know well, she can't be that much. At the okay. Time. Then she can't be. Then then if this is twenty twenty one, twenty three, then she's not still not even legal to drink then. Uh, but I mean, yeah. potentially. I mean, if she if she was, um, well, no, because even if she was like eighteen, you'd still just be twenty, maybe turning twenty one. 
Uh, but that would make you an adult now. But yeah, you wouldn't be considered a minor at 18. You're still yeah. underage drinking. You're a legal adult at 18. But yeah, so she had, if this is, if this was labeled allegedly, this is underage, then. Well, I mean, but she could have been underage drinking at 18, 19. You're still a teenager. Right. Again, the headline, um, and what we know is she's an unnamed plaintiff, and she was a teenager in 2021. Provided uh, you know, she was a minor, um, minor attendees were provided alcohol. Um, she's a minor. She's seventeen or under. Yeah, this is one of those that you got to. And again, it's not getting that much traction. And I wonder if this would even been brought to the light if it wasn't for the merger. I mean, cause when he was parading around and recruiting these other PGA guys to take 50 million, a hundred million, 80 million to come off and Jordan live, nobody came out with this story and I didn't even know about it. It didn't really come to the light until a few days after the merger was announced. And then <laughs> let me rephrase that. It came out, actually the merger was announced. And then basically it came out a few days later after it was announced, it leaked out that Greg wasn't going to be a part of this. Like he wasn't really a part of this new, you know, we're forming this other company and Jay Mon's going to sit on the board. It, like he wasn't really part of that. So again, I would ask that for one, it stayed under the wrap so long. But number two, if it wasn't for this merger and having some animosity toward Greg or pretty much the PGA for getting in bed with the Saudis, because this is really what it's about. You wonder if somebody kind of rat this information, but like, hey, we're going to put this out there and let you know, or we're going to take this case up or this investigation up. But that is a very tricky situation and uh, at always and different times. Um, you know, I even know back in my day, even growing up, um, parents were never the ones to sit there and think that they had the authority to say, oh, yeah, you're in my supervision, so you're underage, go ahead and drink. Never happened that way. Uh-uh, parents, no, no. All right, man, that is a wrap for today. Special thanks to the producer of the show, Jonas Clark. San Antonio, El Paso, Abilene, people up in Lubbock, people up in Tyler, people in the Shaw City, people down in the whole 305 South Florida region. When that, and my people down in Laredo, when that alarm goes off tomorrow morning before you hit the snooze button, before you roll out the rack, just ask yourself. You grind in peace. See you tomorrow. When life sounds too much like this, it's time to consider more of this. Sometimes a little shift is all you need. A dose of perspective. Dos Equis Lager. Get a dose. Enjoy Dos Equis responsibly. Copyright 2021. Imported by Cervezas Mexicanas, White Plains, New York. Whether you're looking for a date night at the Dominion or a light meal while shopping on the weekend, stop by Thai Lao Orchid at the Dominion. Just five minutes north of the shopping center, Thai Lao Orchid's Vietnamese options are great for dinner or lunch, serving up staples from curry and noodles to the house special nam and seafood lovers steamed clay pot. They're open weeknights from 5 p.m. to 8 p.m. and noon till 9 on Saturdays and noon to 8 on Sundays. That's Thai Lao Orchid at the Dominion, official sponsor of the Sports Grind. It's time to warm up that scoreboard and get ready to bring home the win with Specs. Specs has you covered with lower prices on all your favorite fan fuel. From craft beer, rare spirits and world-class wine to chips, dips and gourmet finer foods. And with same-day delivery when you order online or through the app, 
Specs is your MVP for the biggest score of the game. At Specs, the fun starts here. Here's to you. Cheers to savings. Just because the sun is setting earlier doesn't mean the fun stops sooner. Now is the perfect time to get to Specs and stock up on after summer savings with fresh new releases in every category. Specs has Texas' largest selection of lower-priced wines, craft cocktail ingredients, and beers that'll have you raising a glass to every sunset. The biggest savings of the season are at Specs. The fun starts here.